Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi there, parents. Here we are again another Monday. And I don't know how it is where you are, but it is absolutely gorgeous where we are up in Park City, Utah today. The sun is shining, the temperature is going up, the little buds are coming out on the trees, and life is renewing itself. It was such a fun day yesterday. We hope you all had a wonderful Easter, Passover, whatever your celebration was. And we really do um, know that, you know, the family is the what it's all about. After yesterday, I mean, we ate food and talked to friends and so on, but when we really started talking with our kids, we realized, you know, that's what holidays and special events are all about, although friends are wonderful, I'm not saying they it's aren't. All, it's all about family, and, and we were just thinking it's, it's the first Easter in 40 years where we haven't had one or more of our kids with us for Easter, but who cares, because we now have this wonderful electronic thing, and you, we can Skype, and we can do whatever we want. But our our newest and latest love is Google Plus, because it allows you to get on the phone, on the computer, with your big screen in front of you, and to see nine. I think they made it for us, Linda, because there's nine screens, and we happen to have nine children, and we can see them all on there. And the one who talks gets big, and all the others are, are little small little pictures across the bottom. And there's our whole family, and it is just really quite wonderful to be able to gather virtually online and see each other's Easter eggs and see the kids with their Easter clothes. I mean, it's just almost better than being there because you can't be in nine places at once, but you can with Google+. You know, yesterday we even shared a scripture because it was Easter, and we read that together and talked about it for a few minutes, and as well the kids were out looking for Easter eggs, and it was just so fun to just feel like we were touching their lives just for a few minutes all at once. Well, you know, this whole thing of this this wonderful virtual reality that we have now and and you know all parents especially those who have had kids leave the nest really need to become proficient in skyping and we think in google plus because what happened the other day is you know i mean we've got kids in so many time zones uh, the, the furthest one east is a daughter in england and the furthest one west is a son and his family in in hawaii and so the difference between those two time zones is about eight hours. But what was so fun is we found a time in the middle of the afternoon here, which was early morning in Hawaii and really fairly late in the evening in, in England. But uh, to see each of those little families doing what they're doing, one was just getting ready to leave for church, another one was right in the middle of their Easter egg hunt. But they were still involved. They'd carry the computer around, or in some cases you can do it on a on a on an iPhone, and so we uh, you would look at one. There were some of our grandkids hunting Easter eggs, and another one. There's some getting ready for their Easter meal on another screen. There's some more grandkids uh, trying on their new Easter dresses and so on. And it's just like a uh, it's like a cornucopia of family coming at you right over your computer screen. Thank goodness for uh, for Google Plus, Linda. I'm just a big fan. 
until the computer breaks down. And then there is nothing more frustrating. Honestly, <laughs> I go nuts about twice a week going, no, I talk to my computer all the time. Richard thinks I am so weird <laughs> because I get mad at it. I get happy. I say thank you. Uh, you know, all those <laughs> kinds of things. I talk all the time to my computer because so many things happen. And it, it could just be partly my fault, but really <laughs> not. I mean, my phone calls people. I, I don't call them, I swear, I don't touch the phone, and all of a sudden I'm accidentally calling people. And, you know, it, it's wonderful and terrible at the same time, but mostly wonderful. Well, and so that's our little experience from yesterday, but it actually is a good segue into one of the things we want to talk about today on Ours on the Road, and that is how do you, as a parent, as a mom or as a dad, how do you keep a record of what is going on during these fleeting years that you have these little children with you living in your home. It's such a fleeting time. It goes by so quickly, and it seems as though it'll last forever, and yet the parents who try to keep some kind of a record just of the cute things their kids say or the experiences they had on a particular holiday. And and here's the interesting thing that I want to get into, Linda. There used to only be sort of one option for doing that, and frankly, there weren't very many parents who were good at it, and that was a journal, keeping a journal or a photo album, a scrapbooking thing of some kind where you kept a, a sort of a visual and written record of what had happened in your family that week or that month or that year. And there were some people who were good at it. There was a, quite a, a scrapbooking craze. There still is uh, going on. But the majority of parents don't do that. In fact, let's be blunt, the majority of parents don't keep any kind of record at all. And the memory starts to fade, and a lot of these wonderful little things are lost. But that was then, and this is now. And in today's world, and that's why I say it's a segue from the electronic virtual cyber world, there is such a marvelous uh, potpourri of different ideas for keeping track of things. And probably the simplest and the most common that we see as we watch parents in various locations around the world is just to have a blog. I just I just love family blogs. And, and, you know, there's a whole genre now that's just called mommy blogs. And as I read them, and we do look at a lot of them because we have four of them in our own family, four daughters, all of whom are quite marvelous bloggers, but and, and they all have their own style and their own way. And some of them are very conscious of the fact that this blog, that the reason they're doing it is to keep a record of the, the growth of their children, of the experiences they have in their family, of the things they learn as they, as they do the ordinary day-to-day -day things. But whether that's your goal or whether that's just a byproduct, blogs are remarkable histories of your own family, and there will come a time when they'll be uh, an invaluable record of what it was like growing up, being a parent, having young children, how each of those kids progressed, how each of them became the person who they eventually become. Well, you didn't mention that we have two or three daughters-in-law, too, where they're fabulous, fabulous bloggers. We just got one last week from a disaster day 
for my daughter-in-law in San Diego, which you don't want to hear the details. They ended up in the emergency room for eight hours. And that'll fade into memory, too, although you don't think so at the moment. <laughs> but we also have um, a son, two sons, that are really good bloggers. We have photographers, and it's a wonderful way for them to display their amazing photography as well and look back on that as part of their lives uh, growing up and as their families are growing and, and progressing. I think it is just marvelous. In fact, I am so proud of some of the bloggers in our family. With their permission, I'm just going to go ahead, Linda, and mention a couple of the wonderful blog addresses that uh, if you want to get a a little sample of some of the things that go on in the Iyer family, here's a couple of them you can look at. Number one, go to 71toes, T-O-E-S. 71, the number, just the number, not written out. 71, the the numerals, and then toes.blogspot.com, and you'll see our daughter Shawnee's blog. If you want to go uh, even a step beyond to a website that is pretty exciting, our oldest daughter has something called powerofmoms.com. And what's Sadie's latest blog address, honey? It's still the bostonshumways.blogspot.com, even though they're in London. (laughs) (laughs) The bostonshumways.blogspot.com. And I think we really, I mean, especially since we usually come on on BYU Radio right after the food nanny, we should mention our youngest daughter's blog because this youngest daughter of ours, Charity is her name, has suddenly become an amazing food aficionado. And most of her blog lately is devoted to her remarkable culinary creations. So what's her blog, her blog address? Linda? I'm not sure I want to say this out loud. <laughs> it is called drippingwithpassion.blogspot.com. And in the best sense of the word, I mean, this child is so passionate about everything, not just cooking, but everything. Lately, especially cooking. <laughs> especially cooking. They just did a dinner um, for some friends in the neighborhood. Uh, four girls, four boys, but she and another girl worked until 2.30 in the morning one night and then uh, all day again on on Friday. They had a Good Friday dinner, uh, which was Easter and complete with um, all the history of Easter, history of Easter eggs, Easter bunny, uh, leaving an Easter egg empty at the end, which personified the tomb being empty. I mean, everything you can imagine, but the food is out of this world. The invitation was out of this world. I hope this child moves home soon so she can do some <laughs> cooking for us. We're the ones that need it around here. Well, and I, you know, speaking of this, uh, these blogs, and because it is today, just the day after Easter, um, I just want to use this as an example of how, how different blogs can be. I mean, some of our of our own kids and some of the other mommy blogs we follow are essentially nothing more and nothing less, and I think it's a good thing. They're, they're just a record of family, and they're, they're both a verbal record and a, a, a pictorial record through photography of here's how Billy looked when he lost his tooth today and so on, and they're just the bare bones uh, following of the day-to-day progression and uh, activities of a family. But then you have other kids who um, 
do a lot of other things. And uh, this is a little more serious than we usually are on our on our show, Linda. But uh, I'm going to read you a, a blog that, that one of our daughters sent, and it just goes like this. And there's some beautiful photography. I love Easter. We've had a great Easter week. Hopefully more on that later. For now, in keeping with my blogging tradition, I'd like to share a poem that my mother-in-law shared with me, one that I've been thinking a lot about lately. This Easter, I'm so much more aware of all the pickety lines I try to run around in my days. I'm trying to follow the matter more, to love the branch, to be unfettered, but also bidden. So let me just read you this poem real quickly, because it it just struck me as the perfect Easter poem. We love a line. We love its decisiveness, its directness. We love its clean predictability, its efficiency, its elegant simplicity. We stack a thousand messy efforts to find a bottom line, a plot line, a timeline. We stripe our fields and fence our ground. We read our own brambly stories into lines upon our palms because, you see, a line is the symbol of control. And so we pin our God to cross lines, the God who was never the lover of a line, but rather he who instead prefers the branch. In river delta, in synapse, in leaf, in artery, in lightning bolt, in crack, all things branchy bear his almighty thumbprint. In their tangle of thwarts and twists and opportunistic spurts, the branch the structure of ag agency and of choice, of generation and providence, energy dodging around obstacles, sprawling through ease, and finding at last its windy way home, ministering as it takes its path. He, the lover of the branch, draws no pickety line around our days, nor does he knot them together like a string of pearls or cue them up before his grace, but rather he casts them wide on the vast and brutal plain and trusts the hunger of the wormy root, the zeal of the bud. And so we are unfettered yet bidden. Here is sun, turn to it. Here is winter, yearn for it. Here is mama, manna scattered like a seed in a storm. Find it, come. I love that poem. It is just so thoughtful and so true as far as our lives go and line and branches and so on. just gives you so much to think about. And so I'm just pointing out that blogs can be, they can be anything. The, the thing I love about them is they take on the personality of the writer. This daughter loves poetry, and so occasionally we'll get a beautiful poem. She's also a brilliant photographer, and so we'll essentially see that. And when, when she does show us her children, her four children, and they're living in, in England now, it's just marvelous because we can't be there every day, and it's like we see them and we grow up with them. So I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not really trying to push blogs, but it is a one marvelous way to keep track of your family. Let's take a little break, and when we come back, there's some other ways we particularly like to keep track of things in a family, to have a record. And we'll mention a couple of others. Hey, 
And here we are back again, and we're talking today a little about keeping a record of your family, having a history, having a way in future years to look back and remember the fabulous and wonderful moments that you had with your children. And before we get too far away from blogs, I have to say that our youngest son just went on a fabulous trip to China. His wife's brother lives there, and they're about to come home, and they thought this is our only chance to really see the real China. So they did go, and honestly, the photography on that is unbelievable. This kid, I mean, I don't know how he's related to us. Well, you're good at the camera. I'm not great, <laughs> even though I do blog. But our kids, you know. You're, by the way, Linda, you are a terrific blogger. You're keeping track of our lives now in a way that someday someone somewhere will appreciate. Well, I guess it'll be a good memory for us. But anyway, and ours is just our realm. Uh, dot blogspot.com, but it really is fun. The girls, I have to say, though, just go into Lightroom, and Eli, also this son, go into Lightroom, and they fix everything up so that it looks perfect online. And then, of course, they have a perfect record of it when they go back to it. But, you know, I just don't have that much time. I just kind of, whatever comes in the camera is the way it is, and I plop it on there. But it does give me a day-to-day, well, not a day-to-day, once a week or so, um, I try to keep track of what we're doing and what the kids are doing and so on. It is just such a good idea. So if you're interested in China, you can go to Elijah C.S. Iyer, E-L-I-J-A-H, and then just the initial C.S., E-Y-R-E, dot blogspot.com. And it is absolutely quite phenomenal. And I think, um, again, I just want to get beneath the surface here and, and sort of explain a little more fully why we are advocating keeping some kind of a record of your family. You know, the the moments pass so fast, and there's something about making some effort to keep track of them that adds perspective. It sort of allows you as a parent to pull back every once in a while while you're sitting at the computer and, and thinking about the week that just went by and about the week that's coming and looking at your photos and putting them in a place where you can save them. And... I, I honestly, and I, you know, some people may violently disagree with me on this, Linda, but uh, I, I am a, I'm an advocate of of making Sunday a change of pace in many, many ways. I mean, religious people, of course, think of Sunday, Christian people think of Sunday as a as a day of rest and a day of worship, and well, it should be. And and other religions, uh, great world religions, have a different day of the week, but but one a week, and there is something remarkable about a sabbatical, the, the, the word sabbatical, one in seven, one day in seven. But the question we get from a lot of parents is, boy, it's not much of a day of rest for me. You know, it's a hassle. I'm trying to get the kids to church. I, I maybe have a job in the church. It's the hardest day of the week. One of the things that I think is a really powerful uh, and, and very, very legitimate uh, from a perspective and even a worship standpoint to do on Sunday early in the morning or later at night or in the middle of the day if kids are taking a nap or something is an effort to blog or an effort to think through the past week and to think forward to the coming week and do a little sort of non-pressured evaluation of how you're doing and how things are going. And sometimes, I mean, I just wanted to comment on one other thing our our daughter Sadie said in her last blog entry. She said, you know, looking back on this little trip they'd taken as a family, she said, we had a perfect day. But she said, the interesting thing is, 
I didn't I didn't realize the day was a perfect day while I was living it. I mean, there were the normal hassles and there were the normal frustrations that always come when you have little kids. But looking back and looking at those photos and thinking about what happened, I realized what a wonderful day it was and what a great family day it was. And 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 isn't that always the way it is when we see our pictures or when we see the little videos we've taken we we realize even more than we did at the moment we were filming or or snapping the shots that was a wonderful time that was a great little moment i had a joyful moment right there and and it's preserved and that's that's really worth a lot in terms of perspective yeah it is and you know not only we're talking a lot about pictures but not only are they important but the written word is so important and i know you alluded to that but yesterday in sunday school um our teacher a cute young mother showed us a book written by her father when they knew he had cancer and wasn't there for very long he did write a record of his life. It wasn't a huge book, just kind of one of the books you can do on online. But um, it just had his thoughts and and how he felt. But the most important part to me was that he had a personal letter addressed to each of the grandchildren in that book. And so that he, they knew, and they will know from now on, even though he did pass away, that he had a special love for them, and these specific things were the things that he remembered about them and loved about them. And, you know, when our kids were growing up, I did keep a book. Somebody told me to do this, and I'm grateful for it, but I kept a book from the time they were babies, and I was better some months and some years than others. But One, one unique separate book for each of the kids. Right. So on the day they were born, it was their birth story. And then this is long before computers, which really dates us. But anyway, it is handwritten, which is kind of fun, too, to see um, what, I mean, it just feels more real, I think, when it's handwritten, although typewriting and computers are fine. But anyway, I did uh, keep keep track of the fun, cute things they said in these books and so on and and where we were at that point in their lives because we moved around a lot. And that's hard. That's get confusing because you can't remember where you were when something happened. But I think the most precious part of that book was that I asked my mother if she would just write to each of the kids. I just took her one book at a time so it wouldn't be overwhelming and just write to each one of the kids. And there's a page in there from her about each one of the children. And it is such a treasure. And now I look back, I mean, I see your mom, Rick, and we didn't have her do that. And now she's lost her memory. And she really can't do that anymore. And so I regret not thinking about that with her. But it is so important for history, for our children, to have things written down about them well, that and they I, can remember. Linda's being a little modest. The, the great thing about uh, this, this actually was a remarkable experience because each of these books, these nine books, one for each of her children, they're written in the direct conversational first person. So, so it'll be like, Dear Talmadge, today you turned three years old. We had your birthday party, and you had a cake shaped like a cat. I mean, it's, it's a mother writing these observations in real time. And then what, what just kind of thrills me is that those books became Linda's wedding present to each of those kids when they grew up. And, and to ha- imagine having a book written by your mother, one little writing at a time on little 
observations she made about you. It's just a powerful thing. Now, that could be done as part of a blog. I, I wanted to also mention that uh, there are a couple of websites, a couple of web tools that we really love. One is just called Yahoo Groups, which is nothing more than a, sort of an email collector where you, you send something to Ours is, is uh, you know, IRM at Yahoo Groups, and, and you write one thing, and it goes out to every member of the family, and they all read it and can respond, and everyone gets in on the conversation. Then there's another even newer one that we love, and we're just getting into it. It's called folkstory.com, F-O-L-K-S-T-O-R-Y.com, and it's, it's a simple web tool where, I don't know if it's simple, it's simple to use. It's probably very complicated in how it actually operates. But you can share not only what you write, but you can put your photos in. They get archived. They go to the other members of the family. And they become a sort of a record of the communication back and forth within families that that's now stays in a place on the cloud, and you, you'll have it forever. It really is quite amazing what these sites have done for our family. I mean, not only just, um, you know, little occurrences that happen and they just, I'm here today and so on and I'm with one of the siblings or something and we're having fun, or whether it's something really very meaningful. Um, somebody will write and say, I have to give a talk in church on faith. Who can give me some ideas? And ideas just come from every corner. Um, these kids are so excited to contribute to that. There are so many ways that you can use these sites to really keep your family glued together. And because we're empty nest parents now, we see the value more and more and more. It is just becoming more important to us, I think, every day, and especially since we're here on our own for right now, for a minute, and for three more months, and then we're going to be mobbed again. But it really is so important to keep a record of what's happening in your life. You know, you see, we run into a lot of parents as we speak and, and uh, present to, to parents in different parts of the world. We run into a lot of really great parents who, who some of them are more blunt about it than others, but uh, I'm thinking of one the other day that we were talking a little about this topic we're on now, about keeping a record of your family. And this this was a dad, and he essentially said, you know, I'm just not that interested in the past. I'm I'm much more interested in the future. If I have a little time, I would rather spend it planning what I'm going to do for my family, what I'm going to do with my family, what my goals are. Uh, as a dad, I'd much rather work on the future than I would dwell on the past. Who cares about the past? That's That's come and gone. And I thought to myself, wow. Does it really have to be a choice? Do we really have to choose whether we, we're going to think about the future or the past? Can't we do a little of both, and don't they have some bearing on each other? In other words, if we're keeping a record of what happened and we're remembering the development of our children and the family times we've had and so on, especially if you can do it without taking a huge amount of time, which blogs and other cyber tools allow us to do, isn't that a useful thing? In, in thinking about the future. It's almost like the old metaphor, if you want to steer a boat in a straight line on a lake, the best thing to do is watch the wake behind you. And if you can get that wake to be straight, then you're going in a straight line and you'll you'll reach your destination. And I, I think of a, a favorite poem of mine uh, by Khalil Gibran. One, one stanza of it says, 
Um, yesterday is but a dream, and tomorrow only a vision. But today, well lived, makes every yesterday a dream of joy and every tomorrow a vision of hope. And I think one of the keys for parents in our busy world of trying to balance our work and our family and our our priorities and so on is to say, I also want to keep a balance between the past, the present, and the future. I want to keep a good record of the past, even if it's brief and even if I don't spend a lot of time on it. I want to do some planning for the future because both of those things will help me to have more success today in the here and now. And so I think that's a unique kind of balance that parents should strive for, Linda, to spend a little time on the past, a little time on the future, and a lot of time in the day today reality of life. It really is true. And if some of you are feeling guilty, like, oh, gosh, I didn't do that. I, I'm not good at it. Guilt is a really good tool to get you going sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so just give it a try. I mean, even if you just, we had somebody yesterday in this class who said, I have a 10-year book, and there's just four little tiny lines that I can write on that happens every day. But and 10 years, I'm going to know what I did all those 10 years. Anything that it takes, anything to kind of record your life and so that you can remember and also so that you can look back and enjoy it, but also look forward with your family. Wonderful to be with you, parents. We love you all, and we'll see you again next Monday and next week on Ayers on the Road. 